Good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Open Tech Cast. We're back again with another episode, just talking through a few bits and bobs that have been going on in the news in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've just stepped into September now, which means inevitably there will be further lockdowns. Is that right, Gareth? <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I suspect so. Um, you know, we've had at least five minutes without a lockdown. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, talking lockdowns, I, I find it's, it's it's easier to escape our country than it is get in. <laughs> um so have you been trying to escape yeah yeah um work has been that busy i said look i'll come out you know have a few days out there you know have a, you know actually see some of the team at last oh very cool um, and i found actually leaving the country is easy Go- going to um check where our head office is right uh, in bruno i don't need to take a test i could book my flight i could pick up my passport and go yeah the problem actually is getting home and working out how and which test I need and what test I need to do on what day to uh, actually get home is the problem. Getting out, I, I, yeah, the most ludicrous thing I've come across this week, apart from the amount of work that I've got, is I could technically be positive if I haven't done a PCR test in the last whenever, because I've been right. to the shops and Doris or Bob have decided to infect me. And right. I could actually... Never like them. They're quite oh, mean, no. those two. <laughs> They're quite mean. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I could get on a plane and it would be all fine. So uh yeah. Um I know we're joking about it pre record. Yeah. I, I yeah, I there's gonna be another lockdown before long knowing our luck. So uh like we said mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're we're fortunate in our role. So um yeah. Yes. Uh, how's kind of work been holding up for you, Alex? Uh, pretty busy, uh, as always. You know, lots and lots of things are going on. But the more interesting things in my life uh, have been going on outside of work because my my eldest daughter just started in high school, and um, they set them a a really simple task for the summer before they joined high school, which is invent something that will change the world, has never been invented before, and prototype it by the end of the summer. So that was a, that was a real simple, easy task for. For us to go after, uh, but it was actually really good fun because she came up with an idea about uh, an internet-connected beehive, and we we actually built a prototype um, for for her using things like Arduinos and sensors, and um, she learned a bit of C plus plus coding, uh, and it was it was actually genuinely really good fun to get involved with her. And then, literally, no joke, she uh, t- she went back to school uh, or she went to school a few days ago, and two days before she was due to go back. There was an article in the news about a, uh, a university in the UK who's just invented this almost exactly what we came up with as an idea. Oh, no so, way! So I thought, like, she clearly, had, you know, a, a, a proud dad moment there for coming up with an amazing idea like that that somebody actually genuinely has now just invented in the last few, days, or you know, invented and released in the last few days. Again, for the text out there, do you mind what what does it monitor? Is it the amount of bees? Is it the amount of honey? Or- oh, so it's well, it's a so it's, the the whole idea was you can buy kind of like professional level IoT beekeeping stuff now, right? But there's no mm-hmm. there's nothing which would be think of it as like mass adoption, small, cheap, um, easy to build, easy to to you know that kind of thing. But also maybe something you could use as a STEM project where children learn more about how to program and how to build things. So. Um, in effect, it has sensors in there for temperature and humidity monitoring, which is the most important thing for bees. Uh, the idea was to have a camera in there so that you could kind of watch as the bee comes in and out. Because 
Are we going to get into this? Is going to turn into like bee spotting in a minute or something? But um, I think it's uh, the the whole idea is you have uh, different types of bees. So you have bees that live on their own, and then you have bees that make honey who live in hives. And she targeted this more towards the bees who live on their own. Uh, but there's also sensors in there for monitoring them coming in and out. So you could actually monitor them with like an IR sensor coming in and out and stuff. So it was really interesting to put it together and then obviously working out how to actually program what to do. Um, so it was re- it was really fascinating. So we had the whiteboard out and, you know, she was learning how to actually properly logically code. So yeah, it's great yeah. fun, really great fun. I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about anyone else coming out with the same thing at all because, A, it was good fun. It was good learning. Oh, Yeah. And- and you did stuff you both um, in the way you wanted to do it, and uh, and probably cheaper, cheaper. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> quite, quite possibly. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I think the whole thing you could have built it for about twenty quid, all in, including the bit. So, um, it it was a it was a great experience. But I think she was she was super chuffed when she found out because it kind of validated the fact she'd actually come up with this with this yeah, fantastic exactly. idea. So. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. really cool. How about patenting this? Because you know, you, every <laughs> Get in there first. Like, yeah, we exactly. have the evidence. Get in there first. And this was my idea first. Obviously, it takes some time to develop the idea, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It, patent it, and then say, suit. Oh, well, no, I'm just kidding. But maybe maybe know, that's what the school does. I don't know. I did wonder when they put that in. I was like, are they just looking for patents? Or, uh, you know, yeah, it's a good I way know. of funding yourself these days. Well, when it? we're getting your fees, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the thing is, no joking here. Because, I mean, I wish, uh, I was told all of these things before when I was studying. So it would be good, not only just just a chat even, to, you know, make her aware that, you know, there are patents and there are things mm. that people do. And small little things can get patented as well. That's I mean, true. Speaking of patents, I mean, you, you probably saw on Twitter today, Frank putting, uh, Frank Denman putting two uh, pictures of the two new patents that now he has. Oh, nice. So it's a big thing in VMware. It is, so yeah. Going forward, it's it's good education, you know. I absolutely agree. So, so speaking of you, Ather, how have you been doing anyway? Oh, me. Um, yeah, it's it's been uh, mainly work. Um, uh, also because um, there was a bit of breathing space um, as well. So, so I started filling up some of my um, time with some reading up like VMware type stuff, more, you know, catching up with things, thinking about doing some certification or refreshing some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also, just, just know, thinking about it or actually doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit debatable because it all depends on when I get the chance to take the exams. Uh, uh, okay. But, you know, I mean, eventually I might actually. Um, also, I mean, there, there are like tons of things I would like to do when clear, but, you know, you only have so many hours in a day. This is very true. Uh, but also, you know, I'm just uh, writing, uh, basically participating in a series of uh, posts and discussion prompts for um, Riverbed, for example. So so I'm doing some some other stuff as well. Oh, nice. So that's keeping me busy. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's all of that. Going Fantastic. On. That's really interesting. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I actually feel a bit guilty because I haven't done a VMware exam in, I think, four years. Oh, so I should I should probably maybe I should maybe I should be fired from the show. Sorry, you don't you, you're not up to date. You're four years out. Get out. No, it's open tech cast, right? Exactly. You just explain you know. there's something tech that you did. Yeah. So I think that qualifies. This is true. Open yeah. beekeeping. Open. Be- <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. I think I might have to copyright the name uh, or trademark it. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter handle. Go quick. Yeah. So, so speaking of which, uh, or speaking of things in the news, 
Um, so I hear there was some interesting uh, things going on in the world this week. Gareth, do you want to kick us off with the first one? Oh, I think VMware have been in the news quite a few times this week. Um, VMware? The biggest... Who are they? <laughs> Who are they? Um, Kit Colbert um, has been made CTO of VMware. Um, and again, I, I, you know, I think there's been a running joke about whoever comes to London VMUG, they somehow some somewhere go high up in the VMware ranks. Um, I think that was one of the running jokes I saw on Twitter. I thought, but again, it was quite cool to see him. Oh gosh, that was just before the pandemic. Right. Yeah. I think he was he was there. Um, and you know, we we can name other names, but you know, that's probably not fair on them either. Um, but yeah, you know, how, how do you guys feel about that? I, I I only found out today. I think he actually has some. Again, we were talking about patents. He he had some patents towards. I think it was some of the vMotion and storage of vMotion, which which was was really cool to find out. Actually, it's a nice little nugget probably of information. Well, yeah. I think it's it's quite nice in the current context where there's all of these people. Um, you know, you, we talk about the great migration and all the rest of it, but actually, then when you see somebody who's been at VMware for that long, and they've progressed, you know, right the way up to the top of the tree. So, just goes mm. to show you don't need to necessarily bounce around between various organizations to have a massively successful career. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like I mean, VMotion obviously is everyone knows about that, and now the people who didn't know that he had the patent as well. Um, it's, it's amazing, but <clears throat> you know, over the years, um, you've seen them, him in various roles, and whenever a new technology comes up, and you know there are keynotes uh, on in, in VMware uh, VMworlds, he's up there, right? So, so it partly you, you think that why did it take this long for him to get there? But um, I think it's all well deserved, and everyone I think knows that because he's probably the most prominent, um, you know, technologist uh, apart from you know Frank and um, the others as well, but but you know he he comes up quite a lot in in VMware sessions, uh, VMworld sessions, so it's it's about time I think <laughs> he he was made CTO. Yeah, it's great news, fantastic it news. Is. It is. So uh, speaking of C levels in the news, uh, I believe there's a uh, some more C level news this week, uh, Gareth. Yeah, again, um, something that was really big many years ago, which I'll be honest, I forgot about. Um, was the Theranos trial? Um, it's finally kicked mm. off, and um, yeah, it, I, I, you know, for me, uh, even reading it back then and kind of refreshing myself, it seemed to have a lot of promise back then, and a lot of really big people in Silicon Valley behind them. Um, and in short, if you again t- too long didn't read, kind of moment is it was mm-hmm. essentially going to be able to test for a lot of um, diseases and. And pro- potential problems with what would essentially only be a few drops of blood. Yeah. Um, but it transpires you need a lot of blood <laughs> to be able to get markers for a lot of these diseases and and whatnot. Um, so allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly, isn't it? that's the word we're going to yeah. use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's you know, and uh, again, you know, uh, some well-known um, news outlets. I'm not going to name any, just so we don't get absolutely shot down um it's, it's, it's gonna, i think it's going to divide a lot of people you know the, the one opinion at the moment coming out of some of the news outlets is is she ran out of money and why is she getting penalized for for failing you know many people have failed in in the industry and is this just a lot of people i don't know you know i think it, it was ale- allegedly quiet. dubious business practices i think is yeah, what it came down to. yeah. If, if here's the weird thing right is that this is only coming to court now and yet there is a book about it uh called bad blood which I haven't read, but I was—I I think I actually bought that. It's, it's in my in my ebook pile of shame at the moment, um, waiting to be read at some point. 
and uh, and there's I think there's a Netflix documentary about it as well. But it begs the question: like, is it a bit dangerous to be writing things about things that you haven't proven in court as yet? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mm. I, I definitely don't agree with that kind of thing because that does influence. Um, mm. I mean, uh, allegedly, be a jury, of course, and mm-hmm. their you know minds and thoughts might be biased because of that. Now, I think when you select that, I think you go through a process where you filter out certain people like that and go back to read the book or something. But in mm. general, I think yeah, people should stay away from it. But going back to the issue itself, I think, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, she's run out of money, but because the investment dried out, because people mm. pulled out, because there was allegedly um, the... Um, the idea that you know all that uh, technology doesn't actually exist it's not going to work the results were unreliable but also yeah. even done by using off-the-shelf already available um, equipment so mm-hmm. so the promise that you know a few drops will actually do or identify all those things mm-hmm. was sort of a pie in the sky type of stuff and and that's basically fraud isn't it because if yeah. you are trying to get, yeah. I mean, failing at something is allowed if you don't try, you would. But it has to be credible scientific base. There has to be a credible scientific basis for that, right? Yeah. And that's what yeah. I think the issue is. But, you know, on, on the same sense of me trying to have a positive outlook, as many people know I try and have, is, you know, just think this time a year ago, none of us thought we'd have a vaccine for COVID. So it shows what this the human true. race can do mm-hmm. when we really put our minds to it. So that's where I'm already torn reading and watching some of this trial is, you know, was she just at the wrong place, wrong time? And and who knows that some, someone may crack this one day, you know. We didn't have everything, you know. We didn't even have um, certain forms of internet, you know, a decade ago. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, amazing but, how technology spins on. Yeah, I think the slight difference here is that when the, the people who started working on vaccines and you know created one in, in like quick time are the ones who actually have studied all of that and have like you know they actually know how to do it. And, and all of that kind of thing. In this particular case, I think she was quite young or uh, when she started, probably didn't have as much experience as to, you know, um, to, to c- correctly judge what she was being told, I think, because she was doing all the work herself, right? No, she was, she was a, a figurehead and a fantastic marketer for the company. Exactly. Mm. As in like, you know, she really sold the vision and the dream to everybody. But yeah. According according to the Wall Street Journal chap who wrote wrote about it, which this bad book, uh, bad blood book was then written on, there were incidents such as investors coming to have a look at the device and see it in working, and what they would do is they'd accord again allegedly. This is what is in the book. I I, I do not claim to have been in the room at the time, uh, but they claim that um, basically when their backs were turned. They took the samples out, took them to a commercial machine, tested in the commercial machine, and then came back with the result. So basically, a bit of a bait and switch. So if that okay. is if that is true, quote unquote, allegedly, <laughs> how many times can we say that in one uh, one episode? Uh, then yeah, that would definitely be fraud. Yeah, and I, I, that's the basis of that um, well, trial. And yeah, you can understand that, of course. Well, I think I mean at, at least I guess I like the I like the idea though. I mean I think like like anything else, human ingenuity just always fascinates me every single day. Um, and I'm quite sure that at some point we will invent something that works in the way that this has been described. It's just mm. a shame that it didn't happen now. Yeah, and uh, well, all science fiction movies, I mean, a lot of them have actually become reality, right? So so you have to have the vision mm-hmm. and try to achieve it. Um, 
it's just that when it's everyone's money, then obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When your company's worth ten billion and it's you know built on lies, then yeah, maybe not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that that segues us quite quite nicely into our next topic: uh, films and, and and medical. Would you take the red or the blue pill, chaps? Uh, <laughs> I was really worried where you were going with that. <laughs> See, smooth as butter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so they're gonna. They're, is it? So I haven't actually watched the trailer because I stopped watching trailers about ten years ago when I realized most of the trailers these days give away the entire plot of the film, and you may as well not bother bother going to see it. So, hmm. is this a remake or a follow up? Uh, my understanding is it's a follow up from the main trailer dropped today. Even while we're recording this episode, I've actually got to go away and watch it later because it's only come out in the last couple of hours. Right. But as a kind of a bit of a you know, let's get get everyone a bit heated about this. Mm-hmm. is there was i think i tried working this out there there was 180 iterations of a trailer or trailers where if you selected whichever pill you would get a different voiceover and while you're um... watching the trailer it would even drop in what time you were watching the trailer and that was the bit that as a techie excited me thinking okay i know that's pretty easy geo ip location and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah but also quite cool it's like Oh, wow, that's mm. actually really clever. So while you're watching the trailer, like I did yesterday, it was saying, you're now watching this at, I think it was like 9.32. And I was like, what? Well, hang on. How, how did it know that? <laughs> in um, the video. Right? Yeah, in the video. Um, and then I watched, subsequently watched it again with my wife later and the time changed. And I was like, that's, again, something simple, but really, really clever. So it's like um, rendering or overlaying it in the way that they do with like TV shows, but put into <sighs> an on-demand video. That was yeah. pretty clever. It is really clever. So, uh, and the voiceover is spot on. Um, out of all the did times they, I watched, they did it in a southwest accent. Uh, something no. you said it was regional, didn't you? <laughs> oh, duh. but um, yeah, I, c- I could only assume it, it could tell where you are from your IP, and then it could work backwards, work on the time, and I don't know. But again, it's as a, a techie, it was just quite an interesting way of doing it. It's only about. You know, in due course, people will start watching it on VPNs and everything like that to see how well it works and all those mm. kind of things. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting concept because otherwise trailers are just trailers, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But then doesn't uh, that beg the question, couldn't you do that then with a with an actual TV show? Like, you know, Netflix are well known for Netflix looking at their it. audiences and adjusting things. Um, they, they have interactive shows on there. I've done a few. Bear Grylls was one, I believe. That was quite good. It was a documentary, but depending on what you chose, the documentary would have a different spin on it. Right, okay. Um, there's a few other ones as well. But imagine um, if they could do that demographically. That would so be they could change the episode without you actually selecting anything. They'd just make an assumption of you based on the data they've gathered and then change it. And weirdly, the int- <laughs> you say this, something like this happened years ago. Again, not quite the same as demographics, but can you remember years ago, there was a program called Banzai on Channel 4. And I can remember that <laughs> yes. being interactive. And Bad I was amazing. I absolutely loved that. And I had to explain that to someone the other day because they're like, oh, we should do this really cool idea with an interactive game show. And I was like, it's been done. It's called this. Go watch it and have, you know, if you, if, if you, there's probably quite a lot of people who aren't from the UK listening to this and going, what the hell are they going on about? <laughs> Please YouTube it. Mr. Shake Hands Man is by far. That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> as soon as you said Banzai, I was like, Mr. Mr. Shaky Hands Man. Yep. Um, <laughs> Again, it, it just added a different element, to, to, you know, to TV viewing at the time. Back when was that just a digital was coming out, if I remember rightly. I thought, I'm trying to remember how long that must have been, like 2000 ish. That was round about that time because I do mm. remember 
I was new here <laughs> in my adult life. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you're probably thinking, what on earth is this yeah, on the exactly. telly? <laughs> yeah. What have I done? Why, do I, I, why have I moved here? What's that what? madness? Yeah. I, mean, I was trying to understand what goes on, and that was it. what, what I was subjected to. Yeah, <laughs> so, but that, that was an interesting introduction to what was supposed to be British culture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But yeah. talking... A bit extreme, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. For me. Talking talking of tech stuff, uh, haven't you got something to say, Alex? There's something going on outside of our planet that may well Ooh, affect tech. Yeah, and, and Britain specifically, based if you combine two recent news stories together, I think, well, I can't remember if one of them we talked about last time. Um, so there was the independent newspaper reported uh, a couple of days ago that uh, they were talking about this the sun's uh, solar storms and the cycles of the sun. And they reckon approximately, or I said not the independent reckon, but scientists reckon, uh, about once every 100 years or so, there's like a, call it a super storm on the sun, which causes massive, um, these coronal mass ejections, right? But it causes massive big solar flares. But they can last um, at that uh, kind of level for several weeks at a time. And the indications are that um, the CMEs or coronal mass ejections could actually take out the internet globally for the period. So we could be talking about, you know, the, the, the more and more we depend on the internet for everything that we do, whether it be internet connected vehicles, you know, objects, IoT, you know, internet connected, I mean, my beehive could be in big trouble then. Um, but basically taking out the internet altogether for three to four weeks, what would be the impact? And at the same time, you look at the other news story that came out uh, a couple of months ago, which is the BT uh, have announced that the UK is going to be going uh, fully fiber, i.e. they're turning off the analog telephone system by 2025. So we could be a really interesting situation where we have no internet and no telephones for a month. What would that do to the UK economy and the rest of the world, obviously? I mean, given that uh, the pandemic hit us and then everyone suddenly realized how important internet is to them, Mm. Um, then, then yeah, definitely the impact if if that was to happen would be quite quite well a lot basically because <laughs> just to <laughs> yeah. even yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 exactly I mean uh, let I mean forget about work I mean how would everyone download their movies and how the kids are going to keep it and, oh. and you know and play games and all that just you, think about that joke. food comes later Fortnite be nightmare yeah. 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 I showed my kids a VHS player and, and DVDs the other day and they looked at me as if I'd just lost the plot. Especially mm-hmm. when I showed them a VHS, they're like, you have to rewind it and you can't just find the bit you want. I was like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like that. But, you know, again, even that's just interesting because um, I think I, I looked at the roll-up plans. I think they're going to, in theory, they could turn our phone off before we have fiber to the premises. Oh. Um, That'd be yeah. a bit awkward. Well, yeah, currently <laughs> the, the roll-up plan is 2026 for my area. So, uh, yeah. No, no Sorry, right. just don't talk to anybody time. for a year. It'd be good. It'd be fine. Quite exactly. fine. I mean, that, that would be good for mental health as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, but, you know, I mean, seriously speaking, I mean, like I was saying before the show, that um, first of all, I, I can only assume there's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that, I, I mean, chances of that happening, given, I mean, a lot of these cables are very well shielded. They're underground in most of the cases. But then also I was thinking, if you if you remember that, there will be parts of that infrastructure that will be exposed. Plus, they a lot of them also rely on satellites, for example, and they will probably get knocked out much, much sooner than the fiber optics itself. 
um, a lot. Yeah, that's of true. I mean, you got Elon Musk chucking about another <laughs> seventeen hundred out there in the last short period, and he's planning to get what some, some insane number, like twenty thousand of them up there in the next few years. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah a lot more to be launched soon. Mm. Yeah, but again, I mean, that could they they probably stand more of a a risk to you know get affected by that. But it's true that you know, in the same way as um, you, you're as weak as the weakest link in your chain, mm-hmm. uh, if there is some exposed parts um, in the entire, by the time the data leaves wherever you're getting it from mm-hmm. to your house, wherever there is the weak link is going to get affected. So maybe yes, there is some truth to it. But I can only imagine there's going to be the very very worst case scenario if that happens. Potentially, uh, apparently, it also depend. It depends on. Um your latitude on the earth so if you're at a higher latitude it's a higher risk um so the closer you are to the equator the safer it is apparently so um i guess if you want to make sure you maintain your your uh <laughs> your internet connectivity your 5g covered signal etc you probably want to move to somewhere in central africa or uh, the northern end of south america something like that yeah, maybe not such a bad idea to do that. I mean, you might get killed by some other groups of people, but you know, or or animals maybe. Uh, you live in the Amazonian jungle, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean those kind of things. Um, but then you won't be worried about internet after that, would you? So I guess probably less. Kind of... So more more about people burning down your house, I guess. Well, in the Amazon, anyway. <laughs> that too. Got, yeah, it's all about the environment this week, isn't it? We've gone very yeah. environmental. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I, what what I was thinking was that you know, wasn't most of our internet supposed to be connected by undersea cables? Yeah, and they reckon even those are at risk as well. Um, it's it's bonkers. If it's if it's if it's true, I mean, you know, I, I guess I, I haven't actually done the research. And much like you know, many of the people that you see on TV, I don't claim to be a an undersea cable scientist. Um, but according to some of the various people who are in the know in this particular, uh, uh, you know, um, field, uh, they're talking about um, vul- the most vulnerable being long distance submarine cables, um, especially ones concentrated at higher latitudes. So, for example, all the ones between Europe and the US being a prime example. What? So, mm. I mean, I, th- I think they're more concerned about, well, when there are long fiber cables, there are repeaters in between as well. So mm. I'm guessing that that's what they're concerned about. Um, again, being undersea, mm, I'm a bit skeptical. You can possibly tell. <laughs> I got that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, but hey, it's a story, right? It's worth it talking about. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. So um, yeah, this is the point where I'm glad I, I'm kind of off grid at points. <laughs> <laughs> well, well um, apparently soon to be even more off grid. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're coming to you live from kind of some AM AM tune in at this time, kind of before we know it. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, that's where the apocalypse movies are very useful, right? So we give you all that information that what are you supposed to do should you I, be in that kind of situation? I always thought they were apocalypse documentaries, no? That's how I've always treated them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're teaching you stuff. Training right? videos. I mean, yeah, I mean, not joking. Uh, you can possibly tell which movie was the most downloaded movie as soon as the pandemic hit. Oh, uh, with like Contagion or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Which, funnily enough, I mean, spookily enough, it actually did show you everything exactly how it was mm. supposed to happen, or down to um, the virus getting transmitted 
from animals. Oh yeah, and they pointed at bats. If that's the yeah, yeah. I I tell you what was I did think that that film was particularly interesting because you know obviously people who've worked in that field for years, it's you know it's part of the lingo. Um, all the things that you would hear in the you know in the film are the, all of the same conversations that we've been hearing nonstop the last two years. Yeah, so now right. we're it's it's all it's all normal to us, and you can actually understand the entire film. Whereas probably when people watched it originally, they were like, "What are what are all these things? You know, our values and all the rest of it." They're talking about the exactly. Film. And explain it. the thing is that you know, scientists have been warning about that. I mean, that's why the movie was made uh, about those things for a very long time. Especially you mm. know, I mean, Corona, as many people now know, is not new. No. It's just this variant is, yep. uh, or these variants. Um, but but you know, scientists have been talking about this, and they all have always said that you know it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when we'll hit mm, those things. Um, sure. That's why the movie was made and people just didn't pay much attention to it. Yeah, so And it will happen know. again. This is the thing. But if we can, I guess, if we can learn from what we've done this time around, uh, exactly. we'll be in a much better position the next time it happens. Yeah. So on that cheery note, yes. <laughs> I think we're probably coming up towards the end of the episode. What do you think? Well, before we do that, though, um, there's a very important thing that I should remind people about which is VMworld and Schedule Builder. Yes, it's because live. It just went live like literally yesterday. And um, funny enough, I just went on there and it was there even though before the announcement. So that was lucky because I'm usually very late to those things. Uh, but everyone should go and uh, choose there or pick whatever um, <clears throat> sessions they want to attend because these things, even though being remote, book, get booked up very quickly. And sometimes there are limitations as to what you can select for yourself. So I was I was wondering about exactly that because I you know I remember many many VMworld sessions that we've been to or or events that we've been to there are always certain sessions which completely fill out and you know long lot like they're the first ones that disappear you know the likes of Frank and so forth and Duncan their sessions typically will just disappear in about two minutes um, and so I thought this was a great opportunity for, to make sure that everybody gets to go so mm. I mean are, are we are they actually putting limits on sessions? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there, there is. And I've never understood why. Yeah. Uh, it, it's to do so, some are done over Zoom and some are done on demand, from what I can gather. Right. Um, yes, but, so, but some of the big the, ones. The restriction like is there for every, every uh, even the live ones. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Because I, I found some of the ones that they've moved into on demand. Uh, again, name we just used. Oh, I had, I had one of Frank's as a favorite, and when I went into it yesterday, again, this is subject to change since recording it said that one's going to be on demand. So it looks like some of the more popular ones, they're going to pre-record and then release probably via some form of CDN oh. so as many people can get on it as they want. Yeah. And terrible plug, I've got a session, so go search for me, sign up <laughs> if you want. Yes, I, I, yeah. Lo and behold, I've actually got a, a VMworld session. Fantastic. Um, but I believe I, I've been warned as, as someone presenting it, there will be limited numbers who I can have on it. Yeah, mm. and Kev actually also has one. While Kev is not here, but I think he also has a session. Yes. So again, yeah, I believe he does now. While Kev is not here, I'm plugging for him. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, the thing is, no, no it's, there are some sessions, especially in the general, you know, the general passes, which is another thing that I should remind people about is that there's a tech pass plus pass as well that gives you a lot more sessions to choose from. Um, but a lot of the general session ones, which are uh, sorry, general pass sessions are the ones that you can download later as, and watch as well. Um, but the ones that are live do have some limitations now, or did last year, I don't know about this year. But one thing I definitely know is true, is that, you know, the meet the expert sessions, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you where you get a, a, some time with uh, with various people. Correct. Yes, and they are obviously live sessions by nature. Yeah. Uh, you can't book more than three, even right, okay. with a Tech Bus Plus. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I've tried. So that seems again a bit limiting to me, <laughs> but uh, but hey, um, that's why it's more important to you know start filling up your schedule now. And I think in a week's time, I think it's twelfth or thirteenth or something like that is when you'll be then able to download that as a calendar thing. Um, so yeah, fill up your calendars now. Fill your boots. And and then download the entire calendar in one go in a week's time. To be fair, it's not long to go now, is it? No. It just came very quickly, didn't it? Mm. Um. <laughs> well, indeed. So uh, I think this time we definitely are going to have to wrap it up. Um, so until next time, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, if you do want to follow us, uh, you can catch us on Twitter at OpenTechCast. Um, you can also, if you're going to be really nice, you could leave us a little review or some stars on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcatcher is. And you can... Uh, email us if you'd like to either leave a comment or if you even want to be a member or a guest on the show that'd be fantastic uh, at podcast at opentechcast.com so until next time keep it awkward pausing initiating extraction initiating extraction Thanks for listening to the Open Tech Cast. Thanks for listening to the Open Tech Cast. See you next time.